Yeah. I got the city I've been browsed. Treading water that they drown. My head on the swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Hello and welcome to episode 193 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at DynastyDadFF. We are into week nine. We're about more than halfway through with the season and nobody I'd rather chop it up with than my man, FF Snoog. How are you doing tonight? We're doing good, Dad. I was just telling you before this, two straight weeks of my guys absolutely balling out. We love the running backs, Kamara, Etienne, and Gibbs. But it couldn't be better. I mean, we put up 200-plus points in 75% of our leagues, and we had a great fantasy week this week. A lot of guys balling out that we love and that, that we've been touting, and we've got a lot of good records on us. But now we're kind of here to talk to you guys about like who we need to adjust on, who we need to trade for now, because we got Gibbs putting up two 27-point weeks back-to-back. Is David Montgomery going to come back, take over? What's going to happen there? We're going to dive into all these details for you guys. Yeah, I mean, we have the good to the bad, you know, like I, I, I lost, we're now 16 and two this week, but the one that hurt was the one that I, I needed eight points from Jacoby Meyer and De- Devontae Adams, you know, they go out there and tank. So, you know, it's process over results. We talk about that a lot. It's just to make sure we're putting ourselves into that right position. This is the time of year. It's week nine. I'm going through every league that I'm in. And what I do right now this time of year is I look at anyone who's three and five or worse, you know, and I start targeting those guys. I mean, it, vice versa. If I'm in the bottom, I'm targeting the top. But if I'm at the top, I'm looking for a guy that's three and five, two and six, one and seven, and you just start poaching. This is that time of year where they're just trying to make their picks better. I'm just trying to get whatever I can. I'm trying to take, you know, Zach Moss off your roster. I'm trying to take Adam Thielen off your roster. I'm trying to get these guys. And now, is that prime time because they don't want it there. They all want to collapse for Caleb and they're selling players cheaper than I've ever seen. Snoog is I'm going through there and I'm offering, you know, a pair of thirds for Thielen. I'm offering, you know, a, a late second for Jacoby Myers. I'm offering, you know, going through those type of process where I'm trying to get those veterans as cheap as possible. Yeah. Devonte Adams is just the number one guy there on your contending rosters, especially in dynasty. Now, He's losing people weeks. Like these past three weeks, he's yeah. lost you weeks. If you're like six and one or six, six and two or eight and oh or seven and one, that's a move you need to make because you're getting an elite talent guy. This guy should have dropped 35 plus points last night with ease, like with his mm-hmm. eyes closed. But Jimmy G coming back from that back injury, Jimmy G isn't that bad. Like we've seen him this year. He's not that bad. He's been able to put together a competent offense. Myers and Adams with Jimmy G starting have both been great. Take advantage of that. Trust your process. Trust the players. Trust the talent. We watched Devontae out there. He's breaking ankles. He looks like the same old Devontae. He just needs to get quality targets and get the ball put on him because he damn near missed out on an 80 and a 60 plus yard touchdown. That happened change of outcomes are different it's it's mm-hmm. literally truly a game of inches so with that with those two misses now we have the opportunity to go and get him for maybe three seconds or a late first so go ahead and capitalize on that value and go win yourself a championship the, cooper cup as well that's yep. another one cooper cup's disappointing 
Well, and I think Adams right now, he gets the Giants in week nine. He gets Miami in week 11. Then he gets that much-needed bye in, in week 13 to kind of rest things up. And I think rest of the season between those two guys, you know, Stafford's banged up with the thumb injury. Devontae Adams is, you know, has Jimmy Garoppolo behind him. Which one of these guys right now would you rather have rest of the season? I think Cup just has a lot more safety. I, I trust Stafford way more than Jimmy G and the offense that McVay runs. Cup is just such a sentimental piece in that offense. And mm-hmm. I know he had a bad week last week. He still looks great. The hamstring injury can take a little bit too. I know it. He he's not appearing on the injury report, but mm-hmm. that can still slow him down. He needs to get back into the ease of his training. He was on the IR. Keep that in mind. So he's just practicing again and all that stuff. He's the type of player that can heat up at any at any point and give you a stretch of like 25 plus point games and like secure you into that championship role. Like that's the type of player he is. Adams as well. We saw him put up a 40 point game, high 20 point games early on in the season. That was with Jimmy G. So there's still that elite top five outcome ceiling for both of these guys, but they're not being priced at that. So now's the time when we need to adjust and same with a guy like Chris Olave, right? Like, his expected fantasy points per game is up in like the 16s. Like he, he's a high end wide receiver one right now. And the fact that he's just hasn't been connecting well with Carr. I know the whole Saints team was going through some illness and just a lot of setbacks, but the offense is looking better and better. Carr's looking better and better. And I think Chris Olave is another guy that can bounce back big time. Well, right now I'm looking at Chris Olave and I'm saying since Kamara's come back, it's been a different offense. I mean, that offense is filtered through Alvin Kamara. That's yep. been fantastic, you know, and obviously Alvin Kamara, we've seen gone from a late second value to a mid second value to an early second value. And now he's going to cost you a first. You know, I was unwilling to give up a 24 first, offered a 25 and a couple and missed out on me. He's going to cost you a 24 first. But let's let's talk about Olave because a lot of people in the Patreon are like, hey, I'm getting tired of Chris Olave. The the performances that we've seen, you know, have have been a struggle lately. So what what do you say to those guys? I mean, I know we're looking at number one in expected air yards, you know, that he's just not quite hitting what he should. But if you look at his last couple of performances, I mean, in, in fantasy, in full PPR, 1.4, 9.2, 16.6, 12.7, 9.8. That's not the kind of production we're looking from a guy that – you know, for most people had in, I know not you and I, we've, we haven't gone off the Garrett Wilson trade, but like most people have as a top eight dynasty wide receiver, where do you have him in your rankings right now? I mean, are you willing to, to move him down into that area where I had him in that same tier as Garrett Wilson and Tyreek Hill? I'm doing my rankings tonight and I can't, either of those guys I would much rather have. And then I start looking at that tier below and you and I talk about this a lot. What's the difference between him and Stefan Diggs right now? Stefan Diggs is putting up points. You got that age gap. What kind of trade would you make between these two guys? Yeah, so Olave's still a top 10 dynasty wide receiver for me. And mm-hmm. it's just the simple fact that he's so talented. He's an elite route runner. He had an elite rookie season. And now he gets the QB upgrade from Andy Dalton. But the issue is Derek Carr had that shoulder injury. We saw mm-hmm. a lot more underneath to Alvin Kamara. Now he's healthy, right? Now that shoulder's getting better. It's still going to Alvin Kamara. I think Derek Carr knows he is less likely to make a mistake going to Alvin Kamara back-to-back times, and he trusts Mm -hmm. Kamara to make that first man miss and make a play out of it and get the first down. So he's looking at it like that, and you're seeing a lot of MT too. We're not seeing the same old Derek Carr sling at 70 yards downfield because he's been missing relentlessly in that category. 
but we saw him connect with Shahid. So I think some of those big, big time throws are going to connect with Olave and he's going to have some big weeks coming up. Just like we saw with Shahid, like it's just a look of the draw there. Shahid just got open downfield, boom, 50 plus yard touchdown. He has 150 yards on three catches. That's Chris Olave's territory. He's better at that. That's going to come. He's averaging nine and a half targets per game. Like the volume's there, the talent's there. It's the connection now. We need that chemistry with Carter Build. I mean, they've only played eight games together. Brand new QB. They're running a new system there in New Orleans. Carmichael knows how talented he is. I think he can trust that he's going to be able to get the ball to Chris Olave, whether it's underneath, over the top, downfield. We saw him drop that easy walk-in touchdown that bounced off his helmet. I just don't think his head's in the game. I don't know if he was one of the guys affected by the illness, but tearing off from him to a guy like Diggs, I'm damn near like at the point where I'm like valuing Diggs like right there with him because it's like I'm looking at it in that two to three year window. And we've we've been doing that with Tyreek Hill, right? We both look with Tyreek Hill. So we'll get all these guys that don't rely on the speed, like Keenan Allen, Thielen, the route runners, the separators. They are so elite still. He's tied to Josh Allen on a big contract. His role is not going anywhere. I mean, in the next two to three years, he's going to outscore Olave every single year. So getting a digs in a late second or digs in a second for Olave in a third, like that's a move you got to make if you're a serious contender. Are we past the point of Olave in a second for digs in a first? Yeah, I think, I think we're that, past that. I, I think I we might have got out of there. I gave up T. Higgins and DK Metcalf for Stephon Diggs and Derrick Henry in, in, a, in a start nine league. I didn't need Derrick Henry at all. I had T. Higgins and DK sitting on the bench, and I, I thought there was a big enough upgrade from uh, Waddle to Diggs. So I, I took that to slot in Diggs there with A.J. Brown and C.D. Lamb, and I, I think that sometimes you just need to pay up for those top-tier contenders, and Diggs a guy I have as like a top-three wide receiver rest of the season. So. Let's talk about some other trades potentially here of you know Devonta Smith in a mid-second or Chris Olave. I'll take Smith. I think Smith is the same level of talent as a player on that high-end powered offense, and it's mm-hmm. a better offense than the Saints. Hertz isn't going to be a guy that throws a 5K yards, but Smith's going to have those big games. We saw last week, 23. Like Those games are going to come for Smith. The consistency is not right there yet. This new offensive coordinator, it seems like a lot of it is going through just A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. It's not that kind of 1A, 1B like it was last year. Now it's like full AJ Brown and then it's Devontae Smith and Goddard. Let's so that's let's the issue a, there in Philly. But let's do a couple quick hitters here on that because this is the biggest question. People are so frustrated with what Chris yeah. Olave is doing. Uh Brandon Ayuk in an early second or Chris Olave. Give me whew, give me Chris Olave because I just hate Ayuk's situation still. I love Ayuk, but I just hate that he's playing with like Debo, CMC, Kittle. Yeah, Olave is the clear one, long-term clear one. He's the guy in New Orleans. Drake London in the 25 first or Chris Olave? London. I'm I'm Nash. super high on Drake London. I, I think yeah. he's so talented. He's a QB away from being a top 12, top 10 guy, and he's super safe prospect. Like He's going to give you top 24 seasons mm-hmm. for like the next however long until he gets that quarterback. Then he jumps in that elite tier, and you're just getting a free first on top. Mm-hmm. How about the next two are kind of interesting. Michael Pittman and a, well, we'll just go a random 24 first or George Pickens in a 24 first for Chris Olave. Uh, 
Oh, we got an awkward silence here. That means we stumped him here a little bit. You got to look at, I mean, Michael Pittman is the wide receiver 12 right now. I'm and taking since, both since, of the other sides. Yeah. Since I, I know, I didn't think I'd be there. I love Chris Olave to his biases. I want to be, I, I would take both those other sides. Michael I, Pittman is wide receiver 12. Since yep. Minshew has come in, he has been a target share well above 19. He has 529 yep. yards. You know, he's got 12, 20 plus yard receptions. Michael Pittman has had the look of a guy that is going to finish the season as a wide receiver one. And he's only got three touchdowns at this point. So, I mean, yeah. I think that number is going to continue to go up and he's an absolute buy for me. And Pickens has, has flashed recently too. So I think both of those guys were areas yep. where points per game right now between Alave and Pickens, you're looking at less than one point separates them. So yeah. that's the thing where when you have that same age group and they're eight weeks in, and these guys are putting up the same amount of production. I am absolutely taking the insulation there and moving, moving that way. You know what I mean? And kind of moving right. into that situation. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about, let's just start hitting our, our teams. We're going to go team by team guys that we're going to buy. I put a thread out there, you know, dynasty dad approved buy for every team. Let's start with Arizona. I put rebuilding Trey McBride contending Hollywood Brown and the absolute smash Kyler Murray. What are you willing to pay on guys right now? when you're looking at the Arizona Cardinals? Yeah, I think all three of those guys that you just named are just incredible buys. You can even throw James Conner in that mix. Go go shoot out two-thirds for James Conner to your, to your local dynasty team and just see what happens. I mean, he's going to be a top 20-ish guy when he comes back, and he'll be a touchdown upside guy with Kyler. Like we saw it last year, the year before. He just scores touchdowns, and he just does well in that Car- in that Arizona system. So. I'm really high on him and from that aspect, from a cost valuation standpoint, but also Marquise Brown, like he's going to be the go-to guy for Kyla Murray. This is a guy that was wide receiver five before he hurt his mm-hmm. foot last year. Buy him up. Like he's super cheap. He's a guy that could have that like Pittman type jump where he's just all of a sudden the top 12 guy. And it's like, nobody knows because he's not mm-hmm. like a T Higgins or Devonte Smith name, but he's producing. So take advantage of those values along with McBride. Ertz gone. He's on the IR. All right. McBride comes in. Arizona's offense was targeted 32% to the tight ends all this year. I don't think that's going to change. People say it's Dobbs. I think it has to do with the system as well. So Kyler Murray's going to come back in. He's going to be the same Kyler Murray we once saw. It might take him a little bit, but he's still a top 10 quarterback rest of the way. Dobbs targets the tight end heavily. TJ Hawkinson has gotten a massive bump here in the last 24 hours. Trey McBride is one I want to talk about because I put that on there that, you know, I'd be willing to pay a mid-24 second. Now, I want to talk a little bit about something you and I have talked about a lot. There is a buying price and there is a selling price. You know, and most people, when I put this out there, these are my buys. So someone's like, I'm not selling, you know, Trey McBride for a mid 24 second. That's fine. Uh, But I'm not paying a 24 first. You know, like there is a there's no one's in their right mind is paying a a 24 first. Talk to me a little bit about how you look at that, because I don't think it's drastic. You know, for me. I would buy for a mid 24 first. I'd probably sell for an early 24 first, you know, and kind of, or I'm sorry, mid 24 second, early 24 second. You know, I think Trey McBride is, 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 is fine. He's going to have a good rest of the season, but if I can get 201, 202, 203, I'm absolutely smashing that for Trey McBride. Yeah. And, and the tight end landscape is just such a volatile position. You got like six to seven guys you can rely on. You got the rookies Kincaid and Laporta just absolutely dominating, just, doing things that rookie tight ends don't typically do. And they're in great offenses. Like they're 
the clear number two options in very good offenses for the next however long, like behind Amon Ra and behind Stephon Diggs with Josh Allen and Goff throwing them the football. So that's two 4,000-plus yard passers. You got the same thing with McBride. As of today, he's the clear number two option in that in that Arizona offense with Kyler Murray coming back. He's going to give you some big weeks, and, and once he gets it together, he's still super young. I think he's 22, 23 years old. Moving forward, I think he's going to – he's already finding himself in that top 10. I got over Fryermuth, over those guys for me. Like I'm not a big Pat Fry guy at all. McBride over those guys. He's going to fall into the top 10 tight ends as well, like right after like the Evan Ingrams, the Kittles, all that stuff. So I'm super high on McBride. He was my tight end one in that class coming mm-hmm. in, and I think he's a very versatile player, kind of kind of in that like Zach Ertz mold where he's the smaller guy, but he's good. Good receiver, great hands, good route runner. He's fast, so I'm excited to see McBride in that offense. When you when you try to make those negotiations, though, how do you say it to someone where it's like, "This is what I'd pay, and this is where I'm at." You understand what I mean? Is like we're talking about I right, Hollywood Brown right now. I would buy for any early second or 25 first, but if I'm selling him, I want a 24 first. You know, like. This is that used car salesman type of thing. You can start to work your way back in. But for me, it's like the value is one thing. And I put it in the Patreon. And I put it out there on Twitter all the time. But you got to negotiate back and forth. And I'm always trying to get a little bit of an extra premium. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, it's all about the negotiations. Like you can't just settle for less. I'm one of those guys that, unless I know the guy, and I know he's just not going to, if he's just like, I don't want to deal with it, Snook send me this, let's do this, let's mm-hmm. get it done. Then I'm then I'm very – got to read your league and read your player you're trying to trade with. But if it's a starting point, I always try to squeeze as much as I can out of it because you never know the values. I'll say counter and just work your negotiation skills because you never know. Like you could always be at the point where it's like, all right, I want McBride from you. I'm going to offer you an early second, and then it's like, I'm not going to take it for an early second. Throw me a third on top two and I'll do it. And then he does it. Like if someone wants a player, they will pay the extra little toss in that you, that you want That's for if you just hold your ground. So get that extra third, get that double fourth pair on top and, and get the business done. That's unless you're do. like, unless you're like a podcast host Don't playing with your muscle milk, playing with people that are listening to your show. And then they're like, uh, the three times I've asked for a little bit of juice and then the deals haven't gone through and I'm like, and then yeah. they just kind of sour and then start asking yeah, their right. friends and I'm like, ah, just missed. All right, let's move on. I mean, we've, we've spent a ton of time talking about the Falcons. Obviously Drake London is a buy. I put it rebuilding right now. We're getting to the point where we we're knowing what these 24 picks look like and anything 107, 108, I would be smashing for Drake London. I think Drake London is going to crush rest of the season. If Heineke takes over, and looking into next year, for me on a contending team, I'm willing to buy Jonu Smith for a 24 third. Like production is production. I know it isn't sexy, but that tight end position overall isn't. And a lot of times we're trying to go out there and you can't buy those elite tight ends anymore. They're just, they're too expensive. Every single one of them is going to cost you a, a first plus. And then you got a guy like Jonu Smith who right now, you know, him and Logan Thomas and maybe Taysom Hill are those guys that I'm buying cheap. Jonu Smith is tight end 13, Taysom Hill tight end 11, Logan Thomas tight end 10. And I think those are the guys that if you don't have it, you know, you can get for a pair of thirds. You can get for a little bit extra juice in there. And I think those are the guys that that I'm willing to go at that tight end position. Yeah, John Uko, Komet, Logan Thomas, all those guys are great buys, especially if you 
have a guy like Kittle or Kelsey that you just are worried about with injuries or Waller. Like those mm-hmm. are good guys to just have on, on your bench and just have as backups or on bye weeks that can give you 10 points a game. So, so if you have Kyle Pitts right now, right? Like Kyle Pitts is just at that difficult situation. He's tight end 12 and John who's tight end 13. If you had Kyle Pitts and I offered you John Smith in a late 24 first, you know, how close is that? Very close. Right? Like, I, I started thinking I about it. I just don't think Kyle Pitts will ever be good in fantasy football as long as he's on that Falcons team until they get a quarterback. And when they do still get a quarterback, Drake London's the number one option. It's it's that simple. People will fight that. That's been a battle that people just argued about for forever on Twitter. Drake London versus Kyle Pitts, who's better? The wide receiver that is more versatile, that it has better hands, that can do more, is going to be the one that gets the more targets and gets the better options. Drake London's the go-to guy. Kyle Pitts is still very talented tight end. But it, like this system clearly is just not using – like if they viewed Kyle Pitts so highly, like they view him almost like a wide out. And even though like he's the tight end and his matchup advantage is at tight end, Jonu Smith is like their tight end and he's performing. So it's like – it's almost like Kyle Pitts is viewed as like that number two wide receiver and it's just like – Arthur Smith just doesn't know how to use Kyle Pitts. It's that simple. So he's someone I'm just not touching. If I can get like a first plus form, I'm just going to take it. Try to get a tight end that actually puts up points. Speaking of that, that's that's our next guy moving to the Ravens. Mark Andrews, I said I'm willing to pay a 24-104. That's your guy down the stretch. Zay Flowers is on the rebuilding and smash. You know, I'm, I'm still buying Lamar Jackson. But if you're right now, if you're contending, the cheapest guy – from the Ravens, the guy that you got to go out and buy, the guy that you and I have been saying for absolutely months on months on months is Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is so cheap. He's coming off back-to-back 30-point performances. You know, if you gave up a third-round pick in week two when we said it, you've already made your money back. You know, you've you've gone above and beyond there. I think Gus Edwards is the cheapest RB fill-in that you could possibly get. We've talked a lot about the Ravens in the last couple of weeks, so I don't want to talk a lot about that. But I do want to talk about the tight end on the next team in comparison. So Dalton Kincaid right now I have is worth the 106, 107 in the 24 class. Mark Andrews is the 104. If you're trying to move up to Mark Andrews, are are you willing to even do that right now? With back-to-back games of over 20 points in tight end premium for Dalton Kincaid, should we be going the other way? Should we be trying to get Dalton Kincaid plus for Mark Andrews? Are you sold on Dalton Kincaid rest of season? Yeah, I I am. And – Kincaid's a guy that was my tight end one always through the process. I really liked him. I know you were super high on him. You were taking him like in that 108, 109 spot in tight end premium leagues. He's just so good. He's he's so fundamentally sound. Very, very sound player. I mean, he can do it all. And we saw that. Compton to Zach Ertz coming out. He's just a prototype of that. He's a bigger guy than Zach Ertz too, which is good. But Kincaid, man, he's a clear number two, maybe three if you want to put Gabe Davis in, but I mean, that's like three catch Gabe Davis. He either scores a touchdown and has a monster game or it's just, you don't even know he's playing. Hey, big game Gabe, the ultimate boom bust. He has, he has five games where, where he scored a touchdown and he's been that wide receiver too. He's wide receiver 25 on the year. That's the kind of guy that like you buy in a trade that wins you your league when he has the right one, right? Like, and I think if Stefan Diggs goes down, both these guys could really boom. Dalton Kincaid is like, 
I have some Laporta shares where I think I can get Kincaid plus and Kincaid has been higher up on my process the entire time. And he looks like that. I mean, these guys are just elite level players, but if someone came to you today and offered you Kincaid in a second for Laporta, I'm smashing that. Yeah, that's super, super close for me. I, I think I would too. And I, I think there's a real world scenario where it's like, we're a year or two down the field, like down the, down the, like road? in the future and yeah down the road and it's just like Kincaid is the tight end one like it could be that type of situation where he surpasses Sam Laporta so I'm excited for that because they're both super super talented players they're both like that high-end elite receiving style tight end like that mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson like Zach Ertz prime like Travis Kelsey mold and that that's what this league is coming to like that's what we wanted Kyle Pitts to be that's what we wanted Noah Fan to be. That's what we wanted Evan Ingram to be. He's finally becoming that. So that's that's very good for these players. And like I said, they're the long-term number two options in elite offenses. Great coaching staff. Just they have everything good going for them. Situation matters, especially for the tight end position. We can look at Kyle Pitts and say, yes, situation matters. Look at the talent. Look at what he's doing. I mean, this guy can't even get you five catches in a game. Like it's that bad. So Make sure you always focus in on tight end. Pat Fryermuth is another guy just absolutely struggling on a bad offense. It's like the number three guy, number four guy. So success for the offense, volume and target opportunity is what matters for tight end. Kincaid Laporta getting both of that, all of that. Noah Fant is a low-key stash. He's had his next gen stats are good. I would go out there and get him because he's a free agent. But let's let's talk about Carolina here. Not a lot to be excited about, you know. I think Adam Thielen, I'm at a point where I'm willing to give up a mid-second. I know we were just talking about that a couple minutes ago. I would not give up an early second, but if I could get him for a mid to late second, I would absolute smash. The other guy that I'm willing to give up a late second for on this team, and I didn't think I'd be here, is Chuba Hubbard. Chuba Hubbard has looked very good. Miles Sanders is an afterthought right now, and I think Chuba Hubbard is going to provide some weeks where you you might be able to get him for a pair of thirds. I'm not wild on the talent, but I do like the opportunity. Yeah, Chua Hubbard is literally probably better than Miles Sanders at this point. I think Sanders is so bad. What do you so, what do you do Chua with Hubbard. Miles Sanders? Like, oh. I made a trade in, in a league where I mean, I got what I think will be one hundred five to one hundred seven range. Gave up Tony Pollard and got the one hundred five, one hundred seven Miles Sanders in a twenty five second. For me, Miles Sanders was like the throw in to try to get it going. Yeah. But what do you do? I mean, Chuba right now is has absolutely taken over. Miles Sanders. I can't even find him. He's RB 48 on the season with 3.0 yards per carry. I mean, was he a product of that Philadelphia offensive line? I mean, right. He failed to gain a yard with two carries this past week. What are you doing with Miles Sanders and what would you sell him for? Someone literally offered me uh, Miles Sanders for Demario Douglas and I declined. That's (laughs) like, and it was gross. I sat and looked at it for like probably three minutes and I was just like, wow, like I'm about to decline this. And I just think he sucks. Like I'll just be 100% honest with everybody listening. It's our official term. He, he's a hit. He's a, if there's a hole there, he's going to get you yards. If there's no hole there, he's going to, he's a ticking time bomb. He reminds me a lot of like, I, I comp Tank Bigsby to Miles Sanders. And that's where kind of a lot of my Tank Bigsby hate came from is I just think he's either, it makes you think he's great or you're like, is this guy an NFL running back? So. 
I see a lot of that in, in Miles Sanders' game, and I think that it's catching up to him now. He doesn't have the best offensive line. The Panthers have a good offensive line. It's solid, but it's not that Eagles number one overall offensive line where I, I could lay down sideways and still go through the hole. Like it's He's got to make some plays for himself, and he's got to show that talent that he had at Penn State. And, and it seems like he's slowly lost it over the years, and he's been injuries and all that. He was catching passes, which was kind of promising going in early on in this season. But, I mean, it's, it's going away. He had the injury. Now it's like Chuba Hubbard goes in. He looks so much better. So he could be worth buying for Demario Douglas. Maybe I should have done that trade just just because it's Miles Sanders. He got a big name. He was probably going for like late first once he got traded to the Panthers. A lot of hype for him. But, I don't know, pop shot. I gave me a moment, Miles Sanders. <laughs> There we go. Going to the Bengals, we've been saying for, for a couple of weeks now, as soon as Joe Burrow gets right, it's going to rise everything. He gets comes out of the bye week, comes out blazing, you know, over 250 yards, three touchdowns. Joe Mixon, for me, is the biggest takeaway out of this. Is like We've been talking about T. Higgins, and T. Higgins looked good, and Jamar Chase what, had a great week. I think Joe Mixon is a screaming buy for the rest of the season. I would pay up to an early 24 second, and I don't think you're going to have to pay it. I think you can get him for a mid-24 second. And like we've been talking about, like this is the time of year. Go look. If that 3-5 and five team has Joe Mixon, Offer him a second, see what happens. You know, start that negotiation. You'd be surprised. You know, you kind of get that area or, you know, even tear down off of some of these guys. But I do think Joe Mixon is a RB1 rest of the season. I'm excited for for what he's able to do. I have a question for you as far as the Bengals go. Jamar Chase versus Justin Jefferson now at this point. We have an area here where Romeo Dobbs is now the quarterback for the Vikings. Justin Jefferson is not going to do the same things with him that he was able to do with Kirk Cousins. Jamar Chase has Joe Burrow long-term. Can we, can we, we drop them out of the same tier. Can we move them back into the same tier? And is it a fair argument to say that Jamar Chase could pass Justin Jefferson in Dynasty yeah, Valley? I, I still have them both one and two. I, I I think, yeah, we're at the point now where it's like you can you can argue Jamar Chase over him. I don't think Jamar Chase is the same level as receiver as Justin Jefferson. Just compare their career so far. Mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson has been the best wide receiver of all time through his first three seasons. Yeah, he's not bad. But but it, I mean, like, and think about it like this: like Kirk Cousins versus Joe Burrow. Like Kirk Cousins is almost viewed as replaceable, and Joe Burrow is viewed as the second best quarterback in the NFL. And Justin Jefferson still is just blowing Jamar Chase out of the water. But now it goes from Kirk Cousins to Dobbs compared to Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. So honestly, if Justin Jefferson keeps it up somehow, he's literally the best wide receiver of all time, and he's going to be. But I, I do think now at this point, I. Even if it's not Chase over Jefferson, it's I'm looking to trade Jefferson for Chase just for that long-term security with Joe Burrow. And there's nobody that's just absolutely QB proof, but I still think Justin Jefferson's going to be like a 1,200, 1,300-yard receiver regardless year after year because Kirk's going to be back next year, hopefully. So, Are we at a point where, you know, if you don't have, you know, you have Justin Jefferson and you're a, a smash contender – would you take AJ Brown at a late 24 first? Would you move to that area? AJ Brown, six straight games over 120 yards. The wide receiver two right now, almost a thousand yards at this point in the season. And you're getting an elite level producer who I think rest of the season is a lock for a top three. 
Is that something you would do? What What's the difference between those two? We've talked about it a lot. We've talked about that difference between C.D. Lamb. I think as C.D. Lamb, I'd need it to be a mid to early first. But C.D. Lamb has now had back-to-back weeks where Dak is just – you. He, he must have listened to the podcast where we were saying start peppering him the last two weeks, you know, 14 targets, 12 targets. He's looked great. So yeah. if you have Jefferson, would you consider selling for C.D. Lamb in a – early 24 first or AJ Brown in a mid to late 24 first. Yeah. I think the values there, especially now with the Josh Dobbs situation, Addison Hawkins and all these guys performing, but it's hard. It's hard to sell Justin Jefferson because he's just been the clear best. Like he's no one, we haven't seen someone do this in forever mm-hmm. and he's just 23 years old, 24 years old, just an elite. He's like the most valuable non QB asset, even in super flex. And he's still like a top five startup pick in Superflex. So it's super tough to, to trade that asset. But if like I'm contending and that's the move that I got, I know will help me win the ship, then I'm going to do it. I try to get a first and a second on top of CD or AJ Brown. Yeah. I think that's like that perfect sweet spot. AJ Brown. A two seconds for like and AJ Brown and two firsts or something. AJ like. Brown and a mid 24 first and a toss in running back like James Conner or someone like yeah. that. I'm going to smash that. I, I'm going – A.J. Brown is a league winner. You know, in the offseason, I tr- I made a bunch of acquisitions to trade for him. Only one where I traded him away, but it did get Jameer Gibbs plus. So I, I think an absolute league winner the rest of the way. Moving over, let's talk about Jameer Gibbs because you want to gush. You know, like I, you've been low-key there. You're not getting excited. But Jameer Gibbs, back-to-back 27-point fantasy weeks. Right now I have him valued at the 104 – in next year's class, I still have Marvin and May above him. You know when you're talking Superflex, but he, you know, your 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 opportunity to buy is gone. My question for you is, how high up should we consider moving him in our dynasty rankings? I mean, Bijan is not getting the usage Jameer started to get at the last two weeks. Brees Hall has looked phenomenal. Are we at a spot where we can almost almost move Jameer Gibbs into that same tier one? Yeah, I mean, he's like right there for me. He's always been. I di- I dipped him a little bit just with the demon stuff, just because when when players don't produce, you need to follow the market. You can't just yeah, not adjust. especially in running backs, right? Like yeah, that's exactly. the one that I've adjusted the most. Where it's like, yep. okay, you're not producing. I got to move you down because you and I are both really pushing that smash except brand of buying the running back possession, or I'm sorry, right, buying the running back production rather than paying crazy cost, you know, for some of these studs. Yeah, I, I just think the the top three just has to be like the Brees Hall, CMC, Brijan Robinson tier. And then it's like ETN and Gibbs right there for me. Like I have Gibbs over and ETN both over Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. I just, the Colts need to figure it out. They're still using Zach Moss a ton. Jonathan Taylor's not an elite pass catcher. I don't know. Gibbs, just like you watch him play. You saw what he did back-to-back weeks. Like the Ravens have a great defense. We saw him just annihilate the Ravens defense when he had the ball in his hands. We saw him do it again to the Raiders. Like Max Crosby, I think, tackled Jameer Gibbs like eight times in that game. I literally was like every play like, wow, Max Crosby again. Max Crosby again. I think if Max Crosby wasn't in that game, Jameer Gibbs would have probably put up like 40 fantasy points. But Jameer Gibbs, just he has the speed, the draft capital, the team investment. He's one of the best receiving backs in the NFL already. He has that explosiveness, the vision, the wiggle, the elusiveness. Like we we saw it all in this past two weeks. But he put not, everything on the table. You're the gonna hate me. 
if they decide to just hand the keys over to Montgomery when he comes back, the Lions, the Lions coaching staff is just clown because they took this guy 12th nope. overall. I know that's I know that's the state, but I think David Montgomery coming back is a screaming buy. I got him for a second. I, I, I got him for so. Alexander Madison in two thirds. I think bus, though. Detroit doesn't care about our fantasy team as much as we want him to. Yeah. David Montgomery's still going to be that guy, and they're going to try to keep Jameer Gibbs fresh because he's like literally the ultimate weapon, right? He's yeah. more explosive than or equally explosive as, as, as Bijan, you know, he's, he's got better pass catching ability than Jonathan Taylor. Like he's, he's up there, you know, and, and that's where I think for me right now, the play is you're not gonna be able to buy Jameer Gibbs. You're just not, but you can I, definitely buy Montgomery. I mean, like I said, Alexander Madison in two thirds, that's a smash. Like people just want production. Sure. I'm going to buy him out of sight, out of mind. David Montgomery is a, is a big time buy yeah. for me when it comes to, you know, my dynasty running backs down the stretch. Mm -hmm. A couple other guys like that have been out of sight, out of mind. Kyron Williams. Are we interested in buying him again? Zach Moss. I know you talked about, let's stay with the Colts. Zach Moss right now, I'm buying for third round picks. And I love it because he is giving you yeah. flex level play week in and week out with Jonathan Taylor back. And I know Jonathan Taylor's yards per carry, and he's, he's looked really good at times, yeah. but I mean, Zach Moss right now, is putting up the production that we we want him to, right? He is absolutely screaming value. Talk to right now, he's the RB4. Like RB4, are you kidding me? Zach Moss, ever since Jonathan Taylor back, hasn't really seeded that many carries. This past week, 12 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. That's insane. I the thing with Jonathan Taylor is it's just they're using him in a role that he's not like we saw him mm -hmm. coming in and that like that the first two weeks back and it's like they're using Zach Moss as the power back and the goal line back and using Jonathan Taylor as like that like third down like he's not that so figure out how to use him he's that like workhorse running back give him 25 carries a game let him get you 120 130 yards and and a touchdown on the ground and he'll put up his 20 fantasy points that's where I'm hesitant with him. Like I'm taking ETN. I'm taking Gibbs over him for that reason. Their roles and their offenses are better. Travis ETN has the pass catching role and the workhorse role. Jameer Gibbs has that elite pass catching role. There's like been four games now where he's been targeted like eight plus times as a rookie. So like this is, these are the things you got to look for is that valuable touches is Jonathan Taylor's not getting goal line works right now. And he's not really getting a lot of receiving work. So, I think it'll figure it out. Taylor's still a top six running back in my rankings. Elite mm -hmm. talent. We saw what he's capable of. But it's a new coaching staff there in Indy. They're throwing the ball a lot more with Gardner Minshew there now. I'm just a little bit worried. I'm just so sick of seeing Zach Moss on the field. And like you said, I mean, he's the RB4. He scored last week again. Dude. He looks great. They're not going to stop playing right. Zach Moss. 4.7 like, yards right. per carry, 11. He leads the NFL in in it's twenty really, plus yard carries. Like I know I said it, and I keep harassing it. Like in February, I was saying buy Zach Moss for nothing as the backup for Jonathan Taylor, you know, and things happen. But I got to talk to you about Bijan Robinson versus these guys. You you talked about Etn. You talked about Jameer Gibbs. The big thing that we're trying to do is is talk about insulation. I want to talk to you about Bijan. Obviously, you know he's he's phenomenal. Still my dynasty RB one. But if I if you have Bijan Robinson and I offer you Gibbs in a mid second, what do you take him? I take Bijan. I just think there's a lot more security and and his ability to just get 15, 20 carries a game and still catch five balls out of the backfield. It's just like that's why he's my dynasty RB one. 
He's still a so first. He, he is, yeah. Okay. What I think about the only a- other argument would be CMC because, like, he's literally the MVP and he's insane. And I don't see CMC slowing down anytime soon. So, but still take these. Sticking with the running backs here. So you say mid first separation, late first separating Bijan and Gibbs, a mid first separating Bijan and Travis Etienne. I I think so. I, the thing with the running back position is it's so volatile. It changes so much every right. year. Because like, we got a, Devin A chain was moving all the way up. Some people had as their yeah. dynasty RB five, RB six. By the way, he'll he'll be coming back after that week yeah. ten, and he is he is a value where he's again. Has not been there. He's not been in that area. And you can get you can get yourself a Devin A chain for Jameer Gibbs. And I think you might be able to get oh man. Can you you can get a mid-second for sure? Can you get a first in between? You know, like this is the area where I'm trying to I'm trying to squeak out value. I'm trying to put myself into those areas. A guy that I'm really trying to figure out value right now and that everybody keeps asking me about is Tony Pollard. Right now, Tony Pollard is the RB16. You and I both loved him coming in. Another, you know, they put up crazy points. I was like, okay, they're way up. Tony Pollard is going to be putting in there. 12 carries, 53 yards. What do you see from Tony Pollard the rest of the way? And, you know, where do you have him in your dynasty rankings right now? That's that's one of the guys where I think everyone's really struggling to value. And what I'm saying to every single person is get Alvin Kamara in a second. Get Joe Mixon in a 25 first. Get something in the plus because I'm starting to see a little bit of a breakdown of what Tony Pollard's doing. I think maybe we we had a little bit too many touches for his frame. I would take Alvin Kamara over him straight up in dynasty. I truly would. I think both of those guys you got to look at in a two-year window. First off, Tony Pollard's not even close to on the same level as talent as Alvin Kamara. They're two years apart. Most running backs fall off in that 26, 27-year-old range. Would you Pollard's agree you could get a second? Deal. Would you agree you could still get a second on top? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Don't do it straight up because you don't have to get that second on top. Make that trade because they're the same type of player. Kamara is just like the generational version. He's producing like we wanted Pollard to produce. He's just in a better situation to succeed. I know mm-hmm. both the Saints and Cowboys offensive run blocking's just been brutal. People try to say the Cowboys have a good line again. It's terrible. So don't listen to that. It's not great. Pollard's been super inefficient on the ground. He's he's just not getting it done. Like the receiving work's been very mid. It's been like three catches, what twenty yards? Not even like inefficient. Everything's been inefficient for Pollard. Now's your time. He's still a top eleven guy. I think he, I have him at eleven exact rest of the season and redraft. He's probably in that like top twelve range for me in dynasty. But again, a guy I missed on. I was super high on Pollard coming into the season. I thought it was okay. It's workhorse time for him now. Him and Travis Etienne. I was both pounding the drum for. ETM worked out, Pollard not so much, but Pollard's still like a top fifteen guy performance wise. So we got we got to stay true to that and hope he turns it around and gets efficient in the ground game and gets more receiving work, more touchdowns. Three rookie wide receivers I want to talk about is is Rashi Rice, Josh Downs, and Quentin Johnston. I never thought we'd be in an area where I have all three of those in the same tier value wise, right? Like we're looking at different type of level of production. I told you before that I think, you know, Josh Downs, you and I were both high on. He's the wide receiver 30 right now. Rashi Rice, you look at what he's been able to do the last couple of weeks. He's wide receiver 43. Quentin Johnson, I'm going to have to scroll down for about 10 minutes to try to figure out where he's at. It's, uh, you know, wide receiver 108 or something like that. But 
He looked a little bit more promising last week. If you had to choose between these three guys right now, what are you doing? Downs has just looked so much better and has been playing so much better. But like the security, the longevity, like that first round pick tied to Justin Herbert with old receivers surrounding him. I think it's just Quinn Johnson just has so much more upside. But I think Josh Downs is just the better, better fantasy wide receiver right now, especially. So I think Downs is the go to guy that I would go with there. Rashi Rice is one that I'm having a hard time coming up with an exact value on it. I mean, he has been very, very good, like to a point where you were buying him for a mid-second. I don't think you can get a first for him, but he has been the closest thing we've had to a wide receiver in Kansas City that you can trust. I mean, he's had three or four straight weeks where he's been a viable option. Are you buying Rashi Rice for an early 24-second? I wouldn't buy him for an early one, but I would just give up a second for him. I think he's definitely earned that that label, and I think he's a guy that could eventually cement himself as the wide receiver one in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like you just don't ever vision that happening. Like once Tyreek Hill left, they've just been in the shuffle for it for a while. I don't know if Rashi Rice is good enough where it's like, all right, they're not going to add another guy ever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I, I don't think his job is safe as like that kind of go-to guy right now. But I do think he's talented, and I comped him to Michael Gallup coming out of college, just that great possession on receiver, good athlete. I love that comp still. I think that's what his career outcome is going to be like, kind of like Gallup had that top 20 year before. He had that 1,100-yard season. You're going to see some good seasons out of him. His value is going to skyrocket. He's going to make a top 30, top 35 wide receiver in Dynasty. There's your sell point, though. Like This is a guy that you got to stay on top of. Good talent. He's going to be a very good flex play with high-end wide receiver three upside moving forward. But he's definitely a guy that, I mean, this 23 class wide receiver-wise has been a little weird, like a lot of what like – nobody's been even close to nailing it with how it's looked so far. Like no one had Puka number one, like, and it's been just really weird to see how it's gone. Like Downs is looking well, like the number I'm glad, two. I'm glad you brought it up. So, I mean, if, if you've got to choose today between Puka, JSN, and Addison – and we'll even throw flowers in there. I mean, if, how do you rank those four guys? Because right now I have you're going to hate me, but I have Puka one, you know, and I do think the the Kirk Cousins. As long as Kirk Cousins was playing, I had Addison two, but he's gone, you know. And I think yeah, that that deep ball, he he had he was propped up by those seven touchdowns. I have JSN. I'm I'm comfortable back into the two, and then Addison and Zay at. at you know, I think Zay goes to three and Addison goes to four. As crazy as that sounds, based on how they've played, that's how I have them now. Yeah, and, and those are four great receivers you just named. So much of me wants me to stay so strong on JSN wide receiver one, like Stafford can, injury. The Rams offense is just gonna fall apart. I just know it. And I just know Puka's value is so spiked right now because of Stafford. And like I don't see Stafford being a guy that's playing till he's 37, 38. Like I, I don't you, see him playing much longer. Right now, I think you can get at, I think you can get JSN in a second for Puka. You know, I I, I have Puka Smash. inside my top 12. Zoltan has him as I, I believe a wide receiver six, you know, and I think he moved him above Garrett Wilson. And, and that's not a slight at all. I mean, Zoltan's absolutely brilliant. And when he does those things, I start to look at it and I'm like, you know, what What can, What kind of value can I get? What can I extract for Puka if I don't believe in him? And, I mean, you know, you have to believe. He's wide receiver four right now, almost 800 yards, 
over the first eight games. Nobody would have expected that. 13 yards per reception. You know, like everything he's done has been fantastic. What would you what what kind of move would you be making if you're trying to sell them? You know, would would you take, let's say, I mean, I think you can get Devonta Smith plus for Puka Nakua. Would you do that? What what is that plus for you? Yeah, I would smash that. I, I'm telling everyone right now, everybody listening to this stream, if you can get Garrett Wilson for Puka Nakua, smash that trade all day. Talent wins out over longevity. In the I would long, add a I would add a late second. Everyone yeah, seems I, I would so add out on that. Puka to get Garrett. Because like we've, this is like I know what he's doing is so great, but like like I said, Stafford leaves. All right, say it's Brett Rippey in time. Puka Nakua is not gonna do what he does without Matt Stafford. It's just a fact. Like that whole offense is gonna take a hit, and the longevity of the Rams, like that team's so close to falling apart. Everybody had that team as like possibly being the worst team in the NFL this year going into the year. What's changing? Like they're losing defensive players, they're losing offensive linemen. They have no running backs. But if, if you're in a win, if you're in a win now team, them. though, trading down to Garrett Wilson, kind of that that stings. I would add a first get on Garrett top of who to get AJ Brown. You know, I would yeah. move into that area to get. Easily. I think you can get Stefan Diggs plus for him in that area. I think you can get Keenan Allen plus 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 for him. I think you yep. can get. You know, those are those guys that are in that area. I think you could even maybe you might be able to just add a second to get to Amon Ross St. Brown. So it's like, that's, I understand what you're saying. Mash, like we mash, are trying mash, to get mash. the guys that you and I have been buying. Tyreek Hill tied to Tua, AJ Brown tied to Jalen, Stefan Diggs tied to Josh Allen, you know, Jamar Chase with Burrow, Keenan Allen with Herbert. There's just an undeniable value there yeah. when you know your quarterback yeah. is absolutely elite. Yeah. Shout yeah. out guys. Make sure you check yeah. out Zolt- Zoltan's pod, yeah. check out his Patreon. Uh, Love you, man. That was not a knock at all. It's just when I listen oh, to yeah. what – when I see what he puts out there, you and I yeah. both are, are super close with him. I, I pay attention. The process behind it too. Like I get why he does it. Zoltan's a guy that was so high on Amon Ross St. Brown, just telling me I'm an idiot. Like mm-hmm. I had so many guys over him. I adjusted. Like I, I learned from Zoltan. Hopefully he's read about Puka too. But for me, it's like like you said, tied to that longevity. Like If he was like a Garrett Wilson-level talent, then I'd be like, okay, keep him in the top eight. But he's not. He's he is not on Garrett Wilson's level. That's the only reason why Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are in that top eight, top ten with no QBs long term is because they're just so talented. Like I think Drake London, I think these guys are all more talented, talented mm-hmm. than Puka. So make those type of trades. It, just adjust. Take a plus on top if you're not contending, especially. Let's talk talent because you know nobody balled out more than this week. And I know I got criticized more for it than anyone when he was going to be around one quarterback i had him as high as 107 i had him as my 112 everybody else was mocking me for putting him in the first round will levis came out you know mayo in the coffee stuck in the green room girlfriend you know breaking up with him but she's bigger on twitter than he is you know will levis just when he balled out for four touchdowns you know throws three to nuke dives into the crowd like that was just awesome for me because it's like this dude got his opportunity, he and shined. there is no chance that Tannehill plays again. This is his team. Yeah. Will Levis, you know, the Titans might have found a diamond in the rough here, but at least for the foreseeable future, Derrick Henry's value increases. DeAndre Hopkins' values increase. I, I'm willing to p- spend an early 24 second on Henry, a mid 24 second on Nuke, because Nuke just, I know he's got the toe injury, but he just looked great. This is an area where 
I am willing to spend a 25 first on Will Levis. I would probably not spend a 24 first based off the capital, but it's undeniable how well he played. And it wasn't, it wasn't like he did it against the, the Eagles or, you know, one of these other secondaries. It's all beat up. Atlanta's secondary is top 10. Yeah. Their defense on paper was the top 10 defense going into that game. And, he came in no mercy. He looked like Justin Herbert in his rookie year. He came out through four touchdowns. So let's Just absolutely let's, looked great. Did we do this again? Did we, you know we in in 2018 it was Josh Allen. You know in 2019 it was Daniel Jones. In 2020 it was uh, Justin Andrew. Herbert. You know 20 2021 we didn't really have one. But I mean like I mean is this is this what we're doing? Did we overlook him? Did we push him back because? You could get him for nothing. I was getting him thrown into trades. You know, there were so many. I have like six shares now. Most of them were trades where I'm rebuilding and I'm like, yo, let me just throw you a third and you throw me Levis and let's just call this a deal. You know, because there was rumor yeah. that Willis was going to start over him and where he was moving. And I mean, Daniel Jones was, it, it, it's a very similar type situation where I think if you invested in Levis or if you invest the 25 first in him right now, I think it's going to continue to increase in value. Yeah, I mean, I can rightfully say that I don't own a single share of him and I can say that I was not in on him I thought he was just so mid but I did always see that strong arm that athleticism did, did you he see stood, that 50 yard bomb yeah, off his like back he, foot cross the hash noticed, you can't teach that in the film that's one thing I noticed in his film is the strong arm he stands tall yeah. in the po- pocket physical guy he can run the ball he he reminded me of like a like a mixture between like a Taysom Hill and like a like a Tim Tebow, like a gritty, like stands tall in the pocket, like can throw the ball, can run the ball. Neither of those guys can throw. Yeah, but yeah, he's just, he's obviously better than them, but that's like kind of the vibe I got from him. Like, yeah, I see what you're saying. He couldn't beat out Sam Clifford at Penn State. Like he just had such a rocky road, goes to Kentucky, starts a ball out, makes a name Mm -hmm. for himself. I'm thinking this guy's going in the first round just on what I'm hearing. So I'm like, okay, let's see it. Then he falls. He goes in the second round, and then it's just like da. I was I actually drafted him in a few rookie drafts in that early second round range at six point super flex. I was fine with that value all day. Right after Kendra Achain, those guys went. I'm like, all right, give me Will Levis. Let's so, let's see how it goes. Are you willing to sell right now? If you had a share, what would you would you sell for any 24 first? Yeah, I would take a first form. What about a 25 first? I would take any first form, 24 or 25, just because it's one game. Tennessee mm-hmm. blows. They have just – they're another team that's just – their future's just so up in the air. They cut, like, everybody. No defense. Like, they have okay. no offensive line. It's just tough there. So, he's not really set up to succeed outside of, like, his running back and his wideouts. But I, I do think I, – we're going to see on Thursday night, but I do think he has a chance to be, a like, a true NFL starter. I saw it on the tape. I watched his all 22. This guy, I mean, he had, like, multiple throws. I highlighted one of them. Play action, opposite hash, yep. throws cross body with pressure in the face, puts it on the dime, on the money for, I think it was Nick Westbrook-Akine just in the bread basket. Yep. It was just like, that's our rookie making that throw. Okay. Like, that's a Justin Herbert throw. I'm going to name some quarterbacks. You tell me if you want them or you want Will Levis. Right. I already know the first one, but Kenny Pickett. <laughs> Kenny Pickett? <laughs> Give me Will Levis. All right. Uh, Daniel Jones. Oof. Give me dimes just because he has the contract. Like it's just so much more safety, and it's like he's given us games like that where it's like, okay, he 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 can play, but then it's like he's horrible. But 
but I, I'd still lean dimes there. Give me Billy Jeans instead. You know, my man, Will Levis. Every time I put in Levis, it pops under, under Levi's into my phone. Uh, <laughs> let's go. Russell Wilson. I'll go with Russ, too. I just think QB contract. But we're getting close, right? What about, G- what about Gino, who struggled mightily? If I'm rebuilding, give me Levis. If I'm not, I'd take Gino. All right. He's I like coach, it. Though. Like, I'm not just like Gino. Like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I think we get you don't into an throw for four touchdowns yeah. in general. Never I mean, mind if you first ever start. The only guys that, you know, like, I, I think Purdy's above him, Goff's above him, Dak's above him. What about, and I think Jordan Love's still above him. You I'll know, like, Howell. I'll take yeah. Howell, I, oh, I love Hal. We're not even, we're not even debating Sam Hal. Yeah, love me yeah. some Sam Hal. So yeah, Hal. this is, Definitely been a, a fun episode. Make sure you guys go out there and check it. I mean, I know, he, you know, Snoog's been referencing a lot of his work on Twitter. If you guys don't do that, I mean, if you guys are not subscribing under FF Snoog, you guys are crazy. Uh, make sure you're checking out his daily content. I'm putting out daily content, both Dynasty and Redraft as, as well. So, I mean, guys, make sure you guys are checking that out for the entire process. The Patreon has been blowing up. You know, this is that time of year where y- – <laughs> You can invest up to $5, $10, $20 a month. If you put $5 in a month, I almost guarantee you, if you are in that playoff range, it is going to help you. It will put you over the top. The access that you have to us, the rest of the group in there, all of our rankings, all of our you know dynasty uh, rankings and value charts and all those things, it's going to put you in a spot where you guys are going to smash your opponents. So make sure you guys check that out at patreon.com backslash smash accept. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and enjoy the process.